welcome, welcome. How's everybody doing? David here, doing all right here, broadcasting to y'all live from Austin, Texas. Hope you're doing well wherever you are at. Um, yeah, you know, folks, uh, sorry, a little bit of a delay here. We usually do these on Thursday, but happy to make sure that we're able to fit it in this week because we got a few things to talk about. Um, for folks who are new, uh, these uh, grocery streams are a little bit more informal than the main uh, left reckoning. So feel free to jump in the chat with any kind of comments or questions or ideas uh, that you have. Um, we're happy to sort of make this more of a conversation than uh, having it be one way. Um, so feel free, please uh, do consider uh, putting at left reckoning in the chat. Um, if you do want to message me, it's a little bit easier for me to make sure I can see that over everything else. Um, and before we dive into it, just a couple quick things. Um, we got some really cool content coming up uh, for y'all. We have an interview with Ben Fong, um, who is uh, pr has put together this incredible podcast for Jacobin Radio called Organize. Uh, the unorganized and it's a history of the CIO, um, which, uh, you know, made a huge mark obviously on American labor history. Um, but particularly is, is a very interesting model to be looking at, at, uh, today in the American labor movement. Um, because if you want to look as Ben says in the interview that we'll release later, um, you know, at a time that's very familiar in American politics, uh, you know, where there's a lot of work that needs to be done when it comes to organizing workers in this country. There's probably no better example uh, to see how to get things moving uh, than looking at the CIO. So that will be coming out very soon. Uh, we also had a great conversation with Bronco uh, March Teach on Nikki Haley. And I know uh, she didn't really put together uh, the most um, impressive uh, campaign down in New Hampshire. Um, but, or up, up I should say, um, but, you know, I think she very much does represent uh, a version of the Republican Party that there's a certain part of the ruling class that they'd like to see back. Um, so we had Bronco on to talk a little bit about her history and what she represents. So really happy uh, to do that. They'll all be out soon. Uh, you can get access to all those episodes at patreon.com slash left reckoning. And one more thing before we dive into it, uh, do not forget that we have our left reckoning merch and we are still doing a sale. Um, where you can get free shipping on that Left Reckoning merch by going to leftreckoning.com uh, slash store and using the code RIDEON, R-I-D-E-O-N. Uh, and you get free shipping. Um, you know, we got a lot of good good stuff over there. Um, we have our fence cutter sweatshirt, Left Reckoning trucker cap, planes t-shirt, and our big text tank. Uh, you can get all those with free shipping. Uh, if you use the code right on, so jump on that because it's only going to be up, uh, that code will only be, uh, viable for a few more days here. So definitely try to get on that. It really helps Matt and I continue to grow the show and it's nice ass, uh, merch Matt and I've been enjoying wearing around town. I've been loving seeing the photos of people, uh, rocking them wherever they're at. Please uh, send those and add us on Twitter and Instagram. We love to share those with everyone else, but all right, y'all, let's uh, let's get to it. Um, obviously, we're probably going to be talking a little bit about Greg Abbott um, and this uh, border fiasco, um, but I want to open up the channel here uh, for folks who have questions or comments before we dive into that. Um, and so I'm going to go through the chat, make sure I'm not missing anything here. All right, folks, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about what's going on here in Texas, and I'll open it up uh, to the chat in, in just a little bit. But um, you know, let's let's sort of set the stage because, you know, there's been a lot of coverage of what's going on at the border. Sorry if I'm a little um, too close to the mic there. Um, there's been a lot of coverage of what's going on at the border, particularly uh, with uh, Greg Abbott's uh, challenge to the federal government. And 
you know, I want to walk a, a, a very clear line here because if you've been watching uh, this program or if you've been reading my work in places like Jacobin or Sublation Magazine, you will have noticed a theme uh, that I write about Greg Abbott a lot um, because Greg Abbott I find to be an extremely dangerous um, and effective uh, Republican uh, governor. Uh, you know, he's a bad person, but he has a pretty decent understanding of how to do politics and particularly where Greg Abbott has always thrived in his political career um, and in his legal career is operating in those kind of gray areas of the law. I won't rehash all of the things that I've written about in the past, but I do highly suggest that people um, go and read a piece that I wrote in uh, Jacobin Magazine uh, back when uh, Greg Abbott soundedly defeated uh, Beto O'Rourke here in Texas. because it, I really got into some of the ways that he's been using um, the office of the governor um, in, 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 in using it in a way that is not really in line uh, with the Texas state constitution. And he has been able to concentrate power um, in a way that is not that is outside of the typical a way that a governor runs this state. Um, and how has he been able to do that? He's been able to do that by operating in what I would call the gray areas of the law. So, for example, um, Operation Lone Star, which is at, the hu- is at the heart of all of this kind of border controversy that we're talking about right now. To get that started, to get the money uh, to start Operation Lone Star, Greg Abbott was using uh, federal COVID money. And how is federal COVID money being used um, to harass migrants um, at the Rio Grande? Well, it's because Greg Abbott uh, issued a, a state emergency over COVID-19. Now, that's a little funny, isn't it? Because if you know anything about Texas and how Texas sort of handled uh, the pandemic, you might remember that Texas was one of those early states to uh, reopen, um, to not uh, have, you know, enforce social distancing, um, to sort of encourage children to go back to school, all that kind of stuff early on. So why did Texas maintain uh it's COVID-19 disaster and emergency declaration. Well, because that provision gives Greg Abbott tremendous amounts of power, tremendous amounts of leeway to move money around, to issue proclamations, and to mobilize resources and forces. And he did that with the Texas National Guard. So Operation Lone Star has its origins um, in utilizing uh, some, again, some of these kind of gray areas of the law because the disaster declaration ability of the governor of Texas is really designed to make sure that if there's a hurricane or something like that in the state of Texas, that the governor can sort of get resources to people as they're needed um, instead of having to wait for the legislature uh, to push those through, right? Greg Abbott here is using this kind of thing that, yeah, technically is legal to call a disaster declaration and move money around and do these kind of things. But he's doing it um, not out of like worry about, for example, COVID-19, because as we've already established, Texas was one of the first states to pull back any of the kind of regulations or protections for people. Um, but he used COVID-19 happily uh, to find a way to move money to the southern border to harass and terrorize uh, immigrants uh, in the Rio Grande. So anyways, this is one example out of many. And again, people read the piece. Um, it's in Jacobin. Greg Abbott Texas's most powerful governor ever. That's bad for working people. Where I really look through his political career and break down some of these other examples. But I bring that up uh, to let people know that the thing about Greg Abbott is that he has always sort of operated in these kind of murky waters. And he's somebody who understands politics enough uh, to, to oftentimes be able to get away with it. Now, he's had the advantage in the state of Texas um, because the Democratic Party hasn't been able to put forward 
any serious challenge to him uh, ever. Um, and because of the domination of the state government by the Republican Party, he doesn't really have a lot of checks uh, within the system. So now we're seeing him sort of operating on the national scale using this kind of strategy that he has perfected and honed in the state of Texas. So to maybe um, speed things up a little bit for folks and we can talk about the controversy, why everyone's talking about things like secession, uh, and civil war, and nullification, um, is that Greg Abbott has been uh, putting in barbed wire into the Rio Grande. This has caused um, immense hu human suffering. As we know, there have been multiple examples of people drowning. Um, there have been multiple injuries. Um, and, you know, this is not something that is slowing or curtailing uh, immigration. It is just terrorizing, harassing people um, who are entering into this country. Now, the irony, or I guess irony might be the wrong word here, um, the, the thing that I think we need to make really clear before we go further is that Joe Biden is not operating some kind of enlightened angelic uh, immigration program in this country. In fact, Joe Biden has made permanent many of Donald Trump's policies, um, you know, and and has made life very difficult for migrants. Um, we have seen a significant upsurge of migrants um, in, in the past few years, um, but it's not because Joe Biden has become some kind of dove on the border. So what we're getting from people like Greg Abbott is, you know, uh, not really a strategy, for example, to maybe limit the amount of people who are coming into the country, uh, but a way to use uh, people as political pawns and spectacles um, and to also harass and maim and, and, and in fact, kill uh, people who have come into, the, into this country, um, as we have multiple examples now of these kind of, uh, you know, brutal deaths that people are experiencing because of these, uh, th this barbed wire program of Greg Abbott. Now, so we've established basically that, you know, Joe Biden is not some kind of dove on the border. And I just think it's really important to be clear about this. But the Republicans have sort of, you know, understand and in Texas, they understand this very well, that the border is just a winning issue for the Republican Party. It's a winning issue for the Republican Party, I think, nationally, but certainly in the state of Texas. And, you know, they lean on this. So they've been sort of talking, oh, Joe, Biden, Joe Biden's open border policies. So we've seen things like Operation Lone Star, which we were just talking about, and now this expansion of the barbed wire on the southern border. And from the very get-go, from the very get-go of the, the Operation Lone Star, I had been calling on the federal government to get involved. Why? Because the United States Constitution is extremely clear that state governments do not have the right and the ability to be deciding immigration and border policy. That is a federal power. And if you start allowing governors like Greg Abbott to start operating and uh, creating their own border policy parallel to the federal government, you are not only exposing people to the horrors and the, the difficulties and the maimings and the deaths that are coming from Greg Abbott's preferred policies, you are also opening up an incredibly dangerous can of worms uh, when it comes to uh, federal powers versus state power in the United States. Now, what Biden first did when uh, Greg Abbott started putting barbed wire into the Rio Grande was challenge them. And how did they challenge them? They didn't challenge them directly. They didn't challenge them on the level of, hey, you're state government. You do not have the, you are a state governor. You do not have the ability to run parallel border policy to the United States government. No, they didn't do that. They challenged them saying, if you put any structure, this is literally the argument, if you put any structure in the navigable water in the United States of America, you have to first consult the Army Corps of Engineers. 
So a pretty weak response, in my opinion, to Greg Abbott's very blatant disregard and disrespect uh, to the separation of powers in the United States and the authority of the federal government. Oh, no, this we're not mad at you, Abbott, because uh, you're trying to run parallel border operations. Uh, we're mad at you because you, you should have sent an email to the Army Corps engineers and you didn't send an email to them. Bullshit. So we've been getting these kind of narrow challenges from the Biden administration since Abbott has been getting into it. And I think that it's very clear that the Biden administration uh, had made a, their, their early strategy was, hey, if we don't take this guy seriously, if we don't give him air, then maybe he will stop. Well, <laughs> we're seeing that that now is not the case. And what has happened in this past week that has everybody uh, so alarmed and up in arms is that the Border Patrol has been struggling with the Texas National Guard because the Texas National Guard is not allowing the Border Patrol to operate um, normally um, and has been blocking access to certain areas, particularly in Eagle Pass around Shelby Park. Uh, there have been multiple instances uh, where Texas National Guard have been uh, refusing or blocking access to certain areas of the Border Patrol, and most notably um, recently in January, uh, the Border Patrol was trying to save a drowning woman. The Texas National uh, the Texas National Guard would not let them, and somebody drowned. Now, uh, the Texas National Guard said this isn't the case, um, but this is a very clear uh, conflict uh, between the federal government and the state government. The Supreme Court ruled that the federal government has the right to cut down the barbed wire that the state is putting up. People thought this was it. Greg Abbott has responded by ordering the Texas National Guard to continue putting up barbed wire around and in the Rio Grande. Now, we want to be really clear here, and I want to be ex ex exceptionally clear here, because I'm not trying to minimize or deny the very dangerous reality of what we are seeing. But this is another perfect example of how Greg Abbott operates. Because, yes, the Supreme Court said the federal government has the ability to cut down the barbed wire. And it looks like it's very clear that there's some members of the Texas National Guard who are still, you know, sort of pushing back against Border Patrol and things like that when they're trying to engage in this activity. But the Supreme Court did not say that Texas cannot put out more barbed wire. And that's basically what Abbott is doing. So, again, in this kind of gray area, it's very clear the intent of what the Supreme Court ruling was, was to sort of privilege and give authority to the federal government over the state government. Um, but Abbott says, hey, the letter of the law, you said that uh, they can cut it down. Fine. You didn't say any. We couldn't do it anymore. So he's ordered the Texas National Guard to continue deploying this razor wire. Um, and this is where we're getting the kind of headlines of, of Greg Abbott, uh, you know, denying the federal government or, or not uh, following the Supreme Court ruling. And let, again, let me be very clear. This is not me defending Greg Abbott or saying what he's doing is right um, or even saying what he's doing is legal. I don't think it is at all. But again, this is just going back to like, this is how Greg Abbott operates. He sees, oh, look, there's a kind of fuzzy part of the law here. It's not really, you know, clear one way or the other, or I can make an argument in court if I need to, um, that this is how we interpreted uh, the ruling for the Supreme Court. And that's why he's doing what he's doing. Now, of course, he's also mixing that up with statements uh, like the, the letter that was uh, released recently, um, you know, where he's invoking the compact between the federal government and the states, um, which not only... 
um, you know, is laughable in the context of what he's talking about. Uh, but most people have uh, been able to put together the kind of historic uh, implications of talking about compact with the states because this is the same kind of arguments that you were getting going into the Civil War about the compact between state uh, between state governments and the federal government. Now, that legal theory has been debunked time and time again, um, and more importantly, it was debunked when the Union Army crushed the Confederacy. But Abbott is sort of mixing his kind of, oh, I'm going to play around in the gray water of the law uh, with these really bold statements. And it's showing a very clear example of what happens when you let guys like Greg Abbott fester and grow power um, because now Greg Abbott has this kind of perfect opportunity because the Biden administration has avoided up until now a direct confrontation um, with Greg Abbott, right? They they have uh, avoided that direct confrontation on the rights of the federal government over the states. Now Greg Abbott gets to have this kind of murky gray area where he gets to say, look, I'm standing up against the federal government, but also if I get in trouble, I'm just going to say, oh, you know, this was a kind of legal gray area that we were just sort of messing around with. So he gets a little bit of the best of both worlds that he gets some sense of uh, protection, right, um, or justification down the line and also gets to, you know, sit pretty in front of Donald Trump and the rest of the Republican governors in the state in the United States and say, look, we're taking on the federal government today is an extremely, extremely dangerous game. Um, and it's an extremely dangerous game to have somebody like Joe Biden sitting at the top uh, when you have a very clear example of, of somebody subverting uh, the role of the federal government. And again, I just want to be uh, as clear as possible. The second that Greg Abbott started doing uh, parallel border operations to the federal government, Joe Biden should have federalized the Texas National Guard. He should have federalized the Texas National Guard right away. And not only done it in the sense of, hey, look at what we're going to do. Um, we're not going to allow states to sort of subvert the federal government, but also spoke true about what Greg Abbott's uh, operation has meant for Texas National Guardsmen. Texas National Guardsmen have been uh, deployed for a long ass time at the border. Oftentimes, uh, you know, just getting into the nitty gritty of it, these guys aren't getting paid very much for the work because when the federal, when the state government deploys you versus the national government deploys you, you get way less money. Um, I know there's been some moves because it's been going on for so long, but you know, early on, if people were dying in the line of duty and people were dying, uh, Texas National Guardsmen were dying, um, they weren't getting the same kind of death benefits that a uh, that they would get if the the, the 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 federal government was calling them forward. So what I'm saying is that you know Biden not only could have said, "Hey, we're not going to let states uh, you know subvert the federal government," and also look, Greg Abbott is screwing over the Texas National Guardsmen. Um, we're looking out for them. We're looking out for their bottom. Uh, you know, for 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 how they're getting paid, how they're getting treated, um, and been able to do that. But of course, Joe Biden would never be able to do something like that because Joe Biden, the Democratic Party. Um, are absolutely allergic uh, to doing popular and public politics. Um, and that's a very dangerous thing uh, when you have a right wing uh, that is very much, I think, preparing itself and getting excited about the idea of having a much more uh, significant conflict uh, between the state government and the federal government, at least under Joe Biden. So, I mean, I'm sure there's more things that uh, have been left unanswered, but that's just sort of my kind of quick uh, recap and thoughts on what's going on. I will jump through uh, the chat and see what people are uh, saying about it, because um, I know there's you know some murky areas and, and maybe I missed uh, some things that I had meant to say. So uh, let's open up that conversation. But 
um, I just will, I guess maybe as like, as, as part of the introduction is just to sort of say that, you know, these are extremely dangerous times and it's extremely worrying to think about the people who are in control, um, being, uh, the ones who, uh, you know, being people like Joe Biden at a moment where you are seeing a very blatant opportunity, uh, sorry, uh, attempt uh, from the governor of Texas uh, to subvert federal authority. Actually, really quick before <laughs> before we uh, um, before I open it up to questions and, and y- y'all's comments, I did just want to follow up uh, with something that I had been joking about with Matt um, because remember all this stuff has been happening this week. Uh, well, where has uh, Greg Abbott been? Uh, during this whole time when Greg Abbott has been releasing these very, you know, sternly written uh, uh, letters and statements and things like that, he's been hanging out in India, um, <laughs> you know, at some conference in New Delhi um, where he has been, you know, sort of talking about American industry. And he's been posting, you know, photographs of him uh, hanging out with cricket players and Bollywood stars and all this kind of stuff. So. <laughs> I, don't, I mean, you know, we could talk a lot about Modi and the far right in India and how it's also probably not a good symbolic thing for Greg Abbott to be doing what he's doing while he's, you know, rubbing elbows, uh, you know, with people in a far right government. But it's also very fucking funny uh, to think about, uh, you know, Greg Abbott sort of <laughs> reinvoking some kind of Confederate imagery um, and things like that from a lobby of a Radisson Hotel in New Delhi. Um, so anyway, on that, let's uh, get to some questions and comments uh, from all of y'all. And uh, we do appreciate Super Chats very much, uh, but I try to get to all of them or as many as I can. Uh, please do at Left Reckoning or at David um, if you can in your chat so I can make sure that I can see it. Um, I'll uh, you know take a few of these and, and see what's going on. All right, friends, let's see. (laughs) Okay. Um, Rose asked a question, um, and, you know, I, I will say that, you know, I'm not a constitutional lawyer or anything like that. So this is just my understanding, but can the federal government take Abbott to court for violating its right to cut the barbed wire? I mean, I'm sure, um, you know, that, that, that they could again, uh, you know, to be very clear, what Abbott is doing is he's just redeploying more barbed wire. Um, which again, it's, you know, it's like, it's, it's like childish stuff, um, you know, but high stakes. Um, but yeah, I mean, 100, if, if Greg Abbott was, if the Texas national guard was actually like physically blocking border patrol agents, I think from cutting, of the barbed wire, I think there's an easy court case uh, to bring. Um. Oh, and this is a, a point too. Um, um, uh, colonial, uh, apologies if I, I said your name wrong, I'm sure I did. Um, but uh, Abbott can't claim an invasion, but Biden won't do anything about it. And, and that's something that I did uh, fail to mention. Uh, Greg Abbott has been claiming that there's an invasion of the state of Texas going on, uh, which, you know, apart from the disgusting rhetoric, um, let's be very clear about what, um, you know, that clause is about. Now, that clause is not about, oh, I don't like the amount of immigration that I'm seeing in the United States. Um, that's like, we are being invaded by a foreign army and it's 1820 
and it takes three weeks for us to send a letter to Washington D.C. so that we uh, so we have the ability to muster up an army and defend ourselves. And that's what the invasion clause is about. It's an old school kind of thing uh, to sit here and be like, oh, actually, you know, the Constitution protects the right of Texas to put barbed wire in the fucking Rio Grande. Uh, you know, get the hell out of here with that bullshit. Um, no doubt about that, too. Uh, Chip Roy, uh, Baltimore's favorite son, uh, con- a Republican congressperson from Austin and a wide swath of Texas because we have insane gerrymandered districts here. Um, Chip Roy is fanning the flames, uh, too, big time. All right, let's see. And also, um, Joe Biden uh, kind of in retaliation here. Um, And again, this is like the kind of secondary fight that we're getting. Um, uh, Biden blocked a natural gas pipeline, um, a liquefied natural gas pipeline. Uh, People are saying that's retaliation. Um, That's sort of what we're getting here. Uh, Des Eagle says, hey, Dave, do you think there's any meat to the other governors pledging to send their own guard? I mean, I think that... uh, there is meat to it in the sense like, yeah, they're, that's what it seems like they're, they're attempting to do. Um, I think this is a really great, uh, kind of political symbolic opportunity for the, for right-wing Republican governors. And, uh, I think all the Republican governors have said that they support, uh, what Greg Abbott is doing, except for the governor of Vermont. Um, and that is, uh, I, that could have changed, uh, by the time we went live. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I think it's, you know, this is a good opportunity if you're a Republican governor to, uh, you know, show up your bona fides and, and fighting the federal government and Joe Biden. And, uh, you know, they'll send people down to Eagle Pass uh, to harass folks uh, in order to do that. So, yeah. Uh, Josh says, uh, what do you think of civil war? I don't like talking about those kind of things because I think, you know, speaking about those things earlier or making those things seem real is a, a kind of dangerous thought exercise, frankly. Alex uh, says, what's the popular take in Texas on the issue? Do they want their National Guard also controlled by the state? Um, I'm assuming by the state, you mean by the state of Texas. Um, I mean, you know, Abbott is a very popular governor in the state of Texas. Uh, You know, I think that there's a lot of opportunity for a different kind of politics in the state. Um, But when it the border has just been a winning issue uh, for Republicans in Texas for a long while. Um, And it's something that's you know popular a lot across a large group of people, um, even beyond maybe the groups of folks you might think of, um, you know, kind of white conservatives. Uh, there's a lot of people um, who will say things like, "Oh, well, yeah, I think you know Abbott's strong on the border, and we like that," even if I disagree with him on this or that. Um, and what Abbott is doing right now is inhumane. Um, it's monstrous. Uh, but, you know, look look at any kind of political climber in this country and look how they talk about the border. So Colin Allred, who's going to be um, who is trying to become the Democratic nominee for Senate um, from, from Texas, um, you know, wrote a letter and uh, uh, and signed on to a letter written by the Republican Party um, saying that, uh, you know, he opposes Joe Biden's open board policies. Right. And that's a Democrat trying to run for uh, Senate in Texas. Uh, you know, not even being able to sort of distinguish himself from somebody like, let's say, Ted Cruz. Um, you know, so political climbers love uh, to sort of talk tough on the border. I mean, somebody like RFK. RFK has said all sorts of monstrous stuff on the border. 
And that strange little guy, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, from uh, from Minnesota, Dean Phillips, who's running for for president of the Democratic primary, he was tweeting out about how you know he opposes Joe Biden's open border policies and wants to you know restore a hard border. It is just a like it is something that if you don't give a shit about what happens to people, it can just be such a winner uh, for you to start talking tough on the border. And it's true in Texas, and it's becoming true and true um, across the country. I think the left has to be very serious about pushing back against that kind of stuff, but. Um, you know, what, 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 like the consequences of this are massive. So I don't mean to trivialize it by saying that it's just like an easy position uh, for politicians to sort of pursue and say, oh, we're going to be tough on the border. And frankly, people don't give a shit about what being tough on the border is, uh, you know, when it comes to the human cost of it, unless they're really exposed uh, to the reality of it. Um, so, you know, uh, right now there's, there's plenty of people in the state of Texas who are furious about what Greg Abbott is doing. Um, but I don't know if you could say that it's one way or the other in the sense of like a majority of people are, you know, are furious that if you look at the opinion polling, a lot of people have been liking what he's been doing. Um, you know, it's not 100 percent or anything like that. It's mixed in the, in the sense of like Texas is a is a state where there's of, of varied political opinions. Um, so it's hard to say what's the popular take on Texas. And you, you walk around Austin, <laughs> you know, um, people aren't going to be too happy about it. Maybe that helps. Who do you think they'd shoehorn in if both Biden and Trump croaked? I mean, I think the funniest thing would be Kamala um, for for Biden. And I think um, it'd be a very funny thing uh, to watch some people freak out if uh, they even tried to deny her uh, that position in the Democratic Party. Um, And for Trump, I mean, it would be Haley, right? I think that, you know, that's the that's her insurance package in, in continuing to run against Trump right now. And we didn't even get into this today, and I'm sure we'll have more time to cover it later. But um, Christy says, I watched the ICJ decision in this morning. I was pleasantly surprised, not thrilled, but pleasantly surprised. No, I mean, look, these international justice institutions, you know, don't have the best record of, you know, achieving, uh, you know, achieving all that they want. But I mean, you have to chalk this up as a victory um, to some extent, at least. Um, and I think that the fact that the New York Times, for example, uh, was trying to bury the lead uh, about what the ICJ found, um, uh, you know, sort of shows that, hey, there was some meat there. Uh, Jamie says, uh, can you talk about the letter written by other GOP governors in their support of Abbott? Um, you know, I mean, I think that, uh, you know, when you look at the way that the Republican Party is sort of organizing, sorry, um, organizing around this question, I think that uh, they're seeing this as like a, a very, very viable lightning rod um, for the Republican Party to continue to shore up uh, support on one of their most popular talking points and issues, which is immigration and the border. Um, you know, that is something that they are just committed uh, to beaming into their their voters heads 24 seven. And, you know, having a big kind of spectacular stands and Eagle Pass um, showing some guys with some, you know, big guns, um, frightening photos of, you know, blurred people coming over the border. Um, they just know that this is something that is just red meat to their base. Um, and not only being able to have those images, but actually this idea of like a united Republican front, 
uh, taking on the weak, corrupt, and, fe- and, and, and powerless federal government. Um, you know, it's just, it's a complete win. Not just in the, like, if you even think of it, just because of the way that the, the government's set up right now, since Joe Biden's the president, um, 100% the Republicans have always sort of been, you know, states' rights over federal rights. Um, but this also gets to work, you know, on two sides, right? Cause you get to have that conversation about states rights and, you know, states coming together and all that bullshit. Um, and also the federal government right now is the democratic party and you have a, a kind of weak, weak, weak leader, um, who is watching like the very fabric of the, the country. And again, I don't want to speak too alarmist here. And I think that it's important to recognize the danger that we're seeing, um, but also sort of recognize um, you know, Greg Abbott is in India right now, uh, trying to, you know, get some businesses to come to, to Lubbock, Texas. Right. Um, you know, so again, I'm not trying to downplay it or say it's not serious. We've dedicated this whole episode talking about it. Um, but just recognize that they're just, they're, they're just racking up wins politically. Um, because Biden can't have, Biden doesn't have the spine, didn't have the spine early enough to start standing up about this until it got to a point right now where we're having like the Supreme Court getting involved about whether or not the Texas National Guard can stop the federal government from doing um, its own operations with the Border Patrol, right? Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, talking about the the support and and and, and the kind of framing that we've been getting from the Republicans uh, from the letter that was you know basically talking about the compact of the states to the federal government, which again that's like Confederate language. Um, you know, this is just something that is a huge, huge I think political win uh, for them, and it's just it, it's. You know, Biden made a decision, I think, early on. It's like, hey, if we don't confront Greg Abbott and we just let him do his thing and, you know, do his press, um, you know, give, give his speeches. And, you know, when Biden came to Texas, Greg Abbott wheeled over to him at the plane and, like, handed him a letter. Didn't even have, like, the, the balls to, you know, say it to his face, but handed him a little letter where he said, I think you're failing at the border. Um you know, I think the Biden administration was like, oh, we'll just let him have his like sideshow for, for voters in Texas uh, and not realizing that eventually this was going to get to, to this point where now it's not just, oh, a Texas Republican thing. It's a kind of national Republican thing. Uh, you know, Donald Trump is, you know, out here saying stand with Texas. You have this really nasty, um, you know, meme going around. I'm sure y'all have probably seen it. You know, Ted Cruz, uh, you know, has been posting at the kind of come and take it from the Texas revolution. Uh, but instead of a cannon, it is barbed wire, um, which, you know, regardless of what you think about the accuracy of the, the story of the Texas revolution, um, you know, just like, let's just operate from somebody who, you know, who, who's, who's a believer in that, um, you know, replacing a fight for, for Liberty, uh, with the ability to terrorize migrants at the border is a pretty, uh, depressing <laughs> flip here. Um, I'm just trying to see if I can pull it up for y'all, uh, because I know Cruz has been posting it and a bunch of other people have been posting it. It doesn't matter. You know what it is. And as people know, have been reading and, and watching me for years, I've written about barbed wire um, historically in the state of Texas uh, with uh, the fence cutters, which is one of the first, uh, you know, which is a really interesting kind of radical movement of, of white and black cowboys in the state of Texas, cutting down barbed wire be- that was being put up by uh, the rich and powerful Um you know, to prevent people from having access to the land. Um, I'll tell you, it'd be really nice if we spent a little bit of time uh, re, uh, I don't know, reenacting uh, the vision of the fence cutters today. Um, but it is just sort of, you know, not to be too much of a, 
philosophy major, um, there is something that is, is a little bit of interesting today to sit here and, and see that barbed wire is becoming another issue in the state of Texas like it was in the 1800s. Anyways, thank you for, for the question there. All right, let's see. Are there any more questions or anything like that? Uh, Looney Tunes, I have not been following Trump's cases, I will admit, but Looney Tunes says... Did you see that Trump had to pay Eugene Carroll $83.3 million? Looks like Donnie's going to go broke. You know, I haven't been keeping up with uh, Trump's uh, trials, I will admit. Um, but, <laughs> you know, take whatever you want from him. I don't give a shit. All right, folks, um, I think unless anyone else has any uh, more more questions or comments, I'll give you all just a moment to throw those in there. Uh, we might be rolling uh, for the rest of the week. Um, you know, we have some we're, we're going to talk a little bit more about, I think, the UAW on Tuesday, um, probably a little bit more on the ICJ. We'll watch what happens, um, if anything, you know, more that is needed to be updated on uh on the border in Abbott, um, you know, for, for the Tuesday show, but we'll be back on Sunday with a bonus episode, uh, for our patrons. You get access at patreon.com, uh, slash left reckoning. Um, you know, just a, a quick plug here. Uh, nobody even asked me to do this. This is just, uh, something that I think is important and is worth checking out. If you guys, uh, haven't, uh, had a chance, uh, to want to read damage magazine online, you definitely should. Uh, a lot of our good friends have been writing their really great pieces, uh, but their print issues are out now. Um, and this this first print issue, issue number one, is really, really great. Um, it's a, a, a very serious and sober um, and at times difficult in the sense of, you know, sort of realizing where we are um, kind of, you know, investigation about where the left is in this country, where we need to sort of like re-establish uh, and recommit uh, to uh, our, our, our radical and mass politics, uh, you know, commitments. Um, but there's really great pieces in here from Dustin Guastella about why manufacturing workers are important. Amber Frost has a really great piece at the beginning of, uh, you know, of, of, of the magazine. Benjamin Fong, who's going to be on the program soon, talking about the CIO, um, has a great piece in this. Matt Huber, Fred Stafford. I mean, <laughs> I could just read out all the names on here uh, because it's a great uh, piece. Um, so people should take it out, check that out, Damage Magazine. Um, and, and the first print, print issue, uh, which uh, just came out. It's really great. Um, but folks, all right. Um, okay, I guess there's a couple more. I will uh, look at those really fast. Um, you guys are going to cover the increasing Hindu nationalism in India, especially with that temple built on the site of a destroyed mosque. Um, I'd be happy to do more on, on Modi and, and the far right in India. Um, we had done a, few, a little bit in the past, um, if anyone has a good guest on that, I'd be very happy to speak with them. Uh, let us know. Um, 
spend me uh, sale classes. When do we get our fully automated luxury communism? It's like, well, this looks like it's a ways away. Um, sad thing is a lot of people on the left that sort of turn their back on ideas like that. Um, you know, it's uh, the austere, fully austere <laughs> communism is uh, seems to be a, a calling card for a lot of people on the left. So uh, we got to fight to get hope um, for a better future back into people's hearts uh, because, man, uh, you know, uh, the issues I had with with Pistani's book, and I say this, you know, uh, speaking as like a comrade, um, you know, man, I almost take all those back, uh, realizing that a few years later we'd go from full, fully automated luxury communism to like Americans shouldn't eat uh, eat food anymore, kind of left wing bullshit that we're seeing now. Uh, do miss that. Prairie Fire says, I missed the first two-thirds of the show. Did you put in your picks for the two championship games this weekend? I'm thinking Chiefs and Lions for the Super Bowl. Um, I think I think it's going to be... Look, I mean, what I would like for the Super Bowl would be for it to be the Ravens versus the Lions. I think that's the most fun uh, storyline. Um. I think that the Ravens are going to beat the Chiefs uh, this weekend. Uh, the Lions 49ers is a little harder uh, for me to, to pick. I would prefer, again, I think I'd prefer it for, to be Ravens-Lions in the Super Bowl, but I think it's going to be Ravens 49ers. Um, but we'll see this weekend. Looking forward to that. All right, folks. I'm going to run. I hope y'all have a great weekend. We'll be back this Sunday with a bonus episode, patreon.com slash left reckoning to get that. It really does help us continue to do do the show sports myself sports, Matt. Um, Don't forget we are doing for the next few days, um, a, uh, a sale on our merch. You can get access to that left reckoning.com slash store. Um, and if you use the code right on, you will get free shipping on our fence cutter, sweatshirt, the trucker cap planes, t-shirt and the big techs tank. Uh, so please consider doing that. It really does help us continue to grow the show and move on. Everyone, hope you have a good weekend. Thank you so much for hanging out with me, and uh, I'll see you all soon. See you Sunday, patrons.